Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon. I have attached the link on the website. So if you just visit the website, irelandsbirthstories.ie, you can then find the Patreon link there. Thank you to those that have. In this week's episode, I chat to Lorraine and she talks me through her solo journey into motherhood. Lorraine returned from living in the States two years ago and she decided to embark on her journey. So a few things triggered her. She met her niece for the first time, felt an immediate surge of love and a connection. And she also trained as a Reiki instructor, which really seemed to make her connect with herself um, and realise that she was capable of being a mum on her own. So she talks us through the whole process from visiting Sims for the first time to going through IVF treatment. I first started chatting to Lorraine when I was pregnant months ago and we stayed in contact um, through Instagram, which was lovely. So I'm really, really thankful to Lorraine for sharing her story and I know so many women will benefit from it as well as their partners. This episode is part one of two, so you can hear Lorraine's second stage of her journey on the 21st of December. I hope you enjoy. Lorraine, you're so welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. If you wanted to start by giving us a little introduction to you and your family. Thanks, Cora. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Lorraine, obviously, um, and I have a little three-month-old. He's three months on Saturday, and his name is Jack. And I decided to have Jack um, via IVF by myself. So I'm a solo mom. Three months already. God, oh. three months has gone so fast. So, yeah. So the, the fourth trimester, I guess, is officially up. Um, not that I don't think it ever feels like it's finished. <laughs> it's just yeah, like it just it all continues snowballs into the next. So, yeah, it's. It's been full on, but he's here and he's amazing. And yeah. And do you want to just bring us right back? So the reason why you decided to go down um, the IV route, IVF route on your own? Um, okay, so I, well, obviously I always, I well, not obviously, people say, like some people look at me and thought, oh God, I never would have thought you were the, the mammy type. Like, like what, how come you never thought that about me because that's always what I wanted like but obviously I just never showed it I never talked about it or you know if there was people like family around me having kids maybe I kept people at arm's length I don't know I must have just given off that she'll never be a mommy vibe but that wasn't what was in my heart you know that kind of way 
Mm. Um, so then I lived in America for a couple of years. Um, I'm home about two years. But while I was there, I kind of, it gave me a lot of time to think because I moved over there on my own. So all my family were here, obviously. Um, and I just started to think about what I really, really wanted um, for my life. Um, it was amazing living over there and working over there, but it was it was quite lonely at times, you know. And I just came to the conclusion that, you know, I was I was putting this need and this want to the back all the time. I wasn't allowing myself to to embrace what I actually really, really wanted. And if I asked myself what I wanted, it was to have a family of my own. And obviously I was single, still single, and you know, waiting and waiting for that that fairy tale, the person to come along and, you know, to start a family with. And it just wasn't happening. I had a few relationships, like I think the last relationship I was in was nearly 10 years ago. I was with a guy for three years and that didn't work out. So, you know, tradition, the you know, the thoughts of being a single mom as well kind of scared me. Would I be able for it? Could I afford it? You know, there was there were so many obstacles. So I just didn't allow myself to do it. And then I was, you know, I came home from America. Um, and I just thought it's now or never. I was turning 40 last year. Um, and I just couldn't wait any longer. You know, um, yeah. And there was a few other things, obviously, my Reiki journey as well, kind of gave me the strength and the courage and all those, you know um that lovely stuff to to kind of push me in the right direction so yeah do you remember the time when you came home and you went okay now I'm going to start I'm going to start going down this this path like the the yeah the day when you made that decision yeah well I I did my when I was living in America I did my Reiki one and two um over there training over there in New York but I never really did anything with it it just didn't feel right at the time um I don't know what the blocks were there I just it didn't feel right but then when I came home um it was I think October 2018 I came home and I was very much really like happy to be surrounded by my family again I felt okay it was right decision to come home this is where I'm meant to be I've learned an awful lot I'll take that with me and you know what do I want um, I did a couple of trainings, like a meditation training and stuff like that. And that's where I met Liz, Liz Riley, um, at Back to the Healing. And I did my Reiki training with her in March 2019. So back to square one, I did Reiki one again. And like, you, you know yourself talking to other women, um, just being in a circle, a group of women sitting, talking together, like your hopes and dreams, your fears, you just like, you're, you just open up, you become this, this like raw material and you're sitting there and you could be laughing, you could be crying, you know, it all, it all just comes out. When you're doing your Reiki training, obviously you're getting, um, you know, the whole energy of the weekend is amazing and you're getting this really great training. Um, but it's Reiki one is first and foremost for yourself. And it's, you know, you really dig deep. You, like, you, you, this, I learned an awful lot that weekend, let's just say, uh, through tears, through laughter, through a lot 
hugs, kisses, whatever. Um, and yeah, so just, uh, I don't know, like straight after that, it was like a, a switch came on and I just said, okay, I'm doing it. I didn't even really have to think about it. I picked up the phone um, made the appointment for May and yeah that was it it just felt so natural then it was like what have I been waiting for like just do it you know the time is now just do it there was no fear it sounds it sounds like you were ready and it was just a natural a natural decision then it wasn't something that you were to be fearful of I've been ready for so long I just couldn't allow myself to um to do it so it's like feel the fear do it anyway um I was ready. It was just, yeah, I, I suppose I had accepted the fact that this is what I want. Um, and just let, let's go and do it, you know. And I had actually spoke to my GP as well when I came home from America. And she kind of gave me a few pointers of where to go. Um, and I suppose if I reached back even further, this is, I hope I'm not digressing now, but another good friend of mine, Claire Kenny, a couple of years, like years ago after that relationship broke up, um we were down the pub in Rohini having a few finos and like she like a few close friends would have always known that I wanted to be a mom you know and she was like why don't you freeze your eggs yeah this is like six seven years ago or whatever I was like what are you talking about don't be crazy that's just like stupid talk why would I think about doing something like that like it's grand I'm gonna meet somebody else it's fine you know obviously that didn't happen so yeah so there I was really nervous actually coming up to my first um appointment um because like you 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 don't have somebody else to bounce it off you know I wasn't telling people I you know that this is what I was planning on doing um so yeah you're heading to this huge life-changing appointment on your own so yeah, it was hard. It was nerve wracking, and but also very, very exciting. And you know, even thinking back, back about it, it's just so. Do it all again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear it all. To hear the journey. And did you um bring any? Could you bring any family members in with you even to? Um, back then I could have, I could have, yeah, um, but I didn't. I chose not to. Um, for my first appointment, it was you know I went in met Dr. Kennedy and he literally brought me through everything, like explained the difference between IUI, IUF, IVF, sorry. Um, You know, um, the difference between day three, day five, blastocysts, the medications, what tests I'd need and explained a bit about those. Um, Just, yeah. And it was, it was weird. Like he literally sat on a very clean desk with two blank pages in front of him and just like drew all these diagrams and you know it's it's very much he knew what he what he's talking about you know um so yeah I had some tests I had to come back actually after that I think no I had the test that day sorry see you forget you do forget um I had an SIS which is um they put a, a catheter in and just put some water in there just to check your womb and your fallopian tubes just to make sure that they're 
functioning okay and I also had some bloods to, to find out my AMH levels. So that was, yeah, appointment one, done, boom, hand over there. And so that was, that was the ball rolling then. That wasn't necessarily like a consultation. That was, okay, we're going for it now. That's what I'm doing, yeah. Um, and then I think the next appointment, my sister-in-law did actually come with me because it was, I think I was just really nervous of getting the results of the AMH because like I was pushing 40, you know, um, there was every chance that my ovarian reserve was crap, you know, really low or, um, so yeah, that was on my mind and I was a bit nervous. So she came in with me that day. Um, but it, like at this point I hadn't told my parents or anything what the plan was you know so literally if just a few people knew um so, she, so they knew nothing not like zero that was thing. yeah oh okay nothing so I think it was my two sisters-in-law and one brother knew at that point and maybe a few friends that was it so yeah I was keeping it really close to my chest um so we went in that day for the second appointment and yeah, I had a really good ovarian reserve and there was no obstacles really. Um, Dr. Kennedy was really happy and he kind of put the ball in my court then. He's like, look, you're healthy to go with whatever route you wish. I've told you the options, you know, um, you could go down the IUI route. Here's the, you know, the, the percentages, which I can't remember now off the top of my head. Um, and obviously I'd be using donor sperm. So you get sent a link to the sperm banks and that's that's a whole other process in itself. Like, wow, talk about mind blowing, my God. Mm. And I've said this on my page, like it's one of the most daunting parts of the whole thing. I found it the most overwhelming, to be honest. Because like, this is the, the person you're choosing to have a baby with essentially you know um so yeah that, that part was crazy how do you choose um it took me weeks weeks and weeks um just every night just spending time going through the website um like you can narrow it down say if you had really specific you wanted a baby with red hair blue eyes this tall blah 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 um you can click boxes I didn't want to be that specific <laughs> I did I did want blue eyes because my whole family have blue eyes so you know just to I don't know I, it was there's it, not not even that much rationale behind that choice but just you know it's what I kind of wanted um and obviously last year the laws changed as well so they can't be anonymous anymore in Ireland so I think that ruled out a good um chunk of the the guys on that website as well so everybody everybody has to be non-anonymous now so when Jack is 18 he has the right to find out who the donor was you know um so yeah weeks and weeks of just going through and um just you, you get to see pictures of them as a baby 
of the kids. You get like their profile with um, their medical background, um, any allergies and all that kind of stuff. Um, then kind of like an extended profile as in what they do for a living, what their favorite things are, you know, the bits about their personality, like what their hopes and dreams are for the future. And, you know, what was your favorite movie growing up? That, that sort of stuff. And um, their parents and, and families medical background as well so if there's any congenital diseases or you know that sort of stuff um and then also there is their emotional IQ which right. is quite important actually I, I found it you know yeah if it's important to know if somebody can be you know and um you know just in, in in a good healthy emotional state um so that was important so yeah, it was just a process of elimination really. Then, you know, when, when I came across a profile I really liked, I put it on the list. Mm -hmm. I had a spreadsheet, <laughs> you know? And sometimes I look back on that spreadsheet, I'm like, oh my God, did I really like make a spreadsheet to choose a, a sperm donor? Um, but yeah, um, I picked a top five. And yeah, sent that into the clinic along with a check it's it's probably one of the most expensive parts of the of the of the process um and yeah that gave me three vials of that donor sperm um that goes directly to yeah. your clinic does it yeah yeah and it was kept for me was anywhere, <laughs> you didn't get it in the post or anything no 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 <laughs> so the clinic they let me know then when it arrived and I guess then it was up to me what I wanted to do so it was a couple of things obviously I was turning 40 that year last year it's not like it was years ago it was last year um and I I had it like aside from really wanting to do this I had other plans like it was my big 4-0 um I had plans to go to India um at the beginning of August to do finally do yoga teacher training um with Ashing Hughes um and then I was going to Switzerland for my my actual 40th with two friends from London to hike in the in the Alps at the um in Zermatt at the Matterhorn so I really still wanted to do those things I didn't kind of want to start a treatment and then you know cancel that or I just wanted to like enjoy the summer and then I had in my mind that I would start in September with treatment um, and then as it turns out I, I had to cancel India because um, there's still the risk of Zika the Zika virus oh right. yeah. that's right yeah so if I had have went say the end of July August I wouldn't have been able to start treatment until like November so okay and then say if a round didn't work, I'd be looking at, you know, after Christmas. So it just, it was pushing it along too far for me. So I kind mm. of went, okay, what do I want more? My yoga teacher training in India, or do I really want to, you know, try and have this baby that I wanted for so long? Um, so I had to cancel India, but I still went to Switzerland and, had, and I had a great summer last, last year and, nearly like when you think about it now while we've gone through this year with COVID not having a bloody summer at all 
Um, I'm glad I did what I did. You know, I had a great summer. I went to concerts. I did lots of stuff with friends. You know, just really took care of myself um, mentally and physically, you know, um, just a lot of self-care last summer um, and topped it off then with going to, to Switzerland for my 40th birthday. It was 10 days. It was a great trip. Um, I lost seven pounds while I was there just from all the hiking. Um, and I just, I came back really, really refreshed and just ready to go. Like I was raring to go. And the very next day I was in the clinic for my first scan and mm. treatment started. Yeah. So it's actually quite nice because throughout the summer, as you said, not a lot of people knew, but knew, you knew. So you probably like consciously made that summer probably one to remember knowing what was going to happen closer to the end of the summer where no one else did it's nice yeah it really was yeah well actually before just before my 40th I did tell my parents um because my brother when like he was kind of like you can't keep this any longer you know you're gonna have to tell them and I was like I was so nervous like I Oh, he had to sit with me while I told him like I don't know why I was so nervous um but I, I just was I found it really difficult to tell them um obviously that like they're they'd be really happy for me and you know I don't know what what it was um and it's not like they're not really old-fashioned in a way like they're almost 70 but they're kind of young for their age if you get me um yeah so it was during that summer just before my 40th we were in the kitchen and came for dinner and my brother was there and he was going to get up and go and I just looked at him and I went sit down <laughs> I was like and he's like he looked at me and he's like are you going to do it and I was like yeah okay okay let's do it let's do it let's do it and my parents are looking at me going what's going on here um so yeah through shaking voice I kind of just I turned around and I said um just wanted to to let you know that I'm gonna have a baby <laughs> and I was saying that as if like it was definitely gonna happen you know I always had that belief by the way always um and my dad just kind of looked at me and went what you're pregnant I'm like no 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 not yet <laughs> um so I had to you know explain the whole process um that I had to you know go get fertility treatment because because I'm still single blah 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 and like dad is very much um he doesn't say much he'll just laugh but he'll just he'll take it all in and he'll he'll talk to you about it later you know that kind of way um so that's what he did he had his giggling <laughs> and you know the fair play to you and <laughs> that's it you know um and mom was delighted as well so I don't know what I was worried about but it's a big deal it is a big deal yeah absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> So that was that. But um yeah, so So then when you picked your donor and um everything was in the clinic, so you were good to go. So what was the next step there? The next step, so yeah, came back from Switzerland in just early September, went for my first scan. So I had decided to try IUI first, which is the um insemination route um so that was like I could do up that up to three times with three vials of um the donor sperm 
Um, so yeah, I went in, had a vaginal scan just to see how things were. Um, and obviously you start on your injections and how did you feel about having to do the injections and all that? Did, did they show you how to do them? And I'm sure they did. They, yeah, they do. And there's there's um, videos on the Sims website. So, I mean, at the, yeah, at the beginning, it was really daunting. Um, like I'd sit in with the, you know, the, the sharp spin, the needles in front of me every night and like the first few it it took me ages like I was sitting there for a good half hour trying to you know get this thing together to stick in my in my belly like you know um the gonalef that one was fine because it's it's like an EpiPen sort of so you just wind it to the whatever level of medication that it is and the, the needle is quite small so that was too bad but then when I started on the likes of Cetratide, where you have to mix it yourself. So you're, you, you, you open the box and there's this ginormous needle. And I'm like, oh, my God, how the hell am I going to do this? <laughs> really scary. But there's two needles. So the big one is the mixing needle. And then the smaller one is the one that you inject with. Um, so you, you use the bigger needle. You draw up the, the water from one vial and put it into the other vial where there's just the, the powder so it mixes into into the needle and then you um draw back up into the syringe change the needle to the smaller one that you're going to use and then you yeah inject it into your belly so it's like a pin cushion um and that one's quite sore that one is quite sore um but yeah kind of the more you do it the more you get used to it and you know doing the work and you know it was yeah it was fine and so did you have you had all that with your IUI did you yeah now there it was a much smaller dosage with the IUI um and I had a couple of scans so they scan you every couple of days um just to see how the the follicles are developing um and with IUI you only want to have a few matured um follicles because you know once you take your trigger if you had too many and then you insert a load of sperm there's you know oh yeah okay what's that called is a hyper stimulate is that what they say yeah okay yeah so that's what happened to me um yeah my body just it didn't react well to the medication i went in for another scan and too many follicles and they were too big so unfortunately they you know they here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. They don't tell you there and then. They kind of go, okay, well, look, this is what I think, but we're going to, you know, because they sit together every day for a medical review, around one or something like that. And they go through everybody's cases there for that day. And then they'll, they kind of ring you after two. So you're always kind of like waiting for that phone call, you know? Um, so yeah, they rang and to tell me that the, the cycle had to be canceled because I'd um, overstimulated. So yeah, it's your heart does sink. You know, I, I know I hadn't got to the point where I was inseminated and I had to go through the two week wait or whatever, which I'm sure at the end of that, if it didn't work, it's very heartbreaking as well. But to get to that point and for your body not to react in the way that you hoped it would, it's devastating as well. You're kind of like, oh, Jesus, like what, what am I doing wrong? You blame yourself. Um, could I have done something different? Did I do the injection wrong? Like there's all the, these kind of thoughts, you know, um so it's it's just it's really important to try and remain positive and it can be hard yeah because there is a huge amount of responsibility on you as well yeah you know yeah, things with are. the injections yeah and even like with with being told then that I had to be cancelled I still had to go then and take the trigger so that kind of triggers the release of the follicles and your eggs and stuff and obviously there's nothing there for it to fertilize with so you end up having your period um so yeah it's it was very upsetting and like because obviously after each scan I I went back to work so I was in the office and you know you're sneaking off to a room because nobody knows and you can't talk about it and you're like crying in the corner because this has happened you know um and then you're kind of like okay so what's next you know I didn't want to stop Mm. you know it can be quite overwhelming for some people I, I can imagine um and they maybe stop there and, and try again a couple of months down the road but no I couldn't I just had to had to keep going because this is I wanted this so bad and I just knew it would happen so that's kind of what kept me going that's what kept me positive it's just my I don't know I just had this belief that it was going to work. So it's great. It's a great mindset to have. You didn't seem to have any doubt. You know, you were just 
waiting for it to happen rather than questioning whether it was going to. Yeah. And a lot of the time, I think I spoke about it to myself and to the the few people that knew as, as if it was happening, like as if it, you know, in a very positive manner. Um, So I definitely, I really do think my mindset helped me get through it, you know? And hence the reason why I called my page manifests in my baby, because like, I just really believed it. No, it was going to happen. Um, and it's not, I, I just, people ask me like, how did you know? And I, I can't explain it. I just, I just really believed it. I had faith. I just really had faith that it would happen. And like, I know and people can go, yeah, you know, that it doesn't happen like that for everyone and I'm very aware of that you know people try really really hard they go through very difficult journeys um to try and have a baby and go through multiple rounds of IVF and it must be heartbreaking you know um and they're probably looking at me going yeah you were you were so positive but you know I was so positive too and it didn't help for me so I'm I'm very aware that it's not it's it's a it's a difficult journey no matter who's going through it, you know. Um, but that was one round of IUI. So I decided, okay, I'll try that again um and see if I can get a bit further this time. Um so a couple of weeks later, after my period, you know, you start the whole process again. Um the medication, the injections, um, and you're in the clinic every other day for a scan so the second time round, unfortunately the same thing happened again so yeah um and this time maybe it was because it happened the first time as well but the second time the follicles just became so big like I could feel it my stomach you know on my right side it was it was horrible you could I could feel how swollen it was yeah um and they had become so big that they were they were now cysts so I like polycystic I now became polycystic whereas I never had polycystic ovaries ever you know so that the medication had had caused that to happen um so yeah again I was yeah had to go through the phone call again and this time I was more upset and I was kind of like okay I really have to think about this because I've you know it's going to happen but do I want to keep going through this how many times can I go through a process of IUI and I can keep getting the cancellations you know I couldn't see how it was going to change um because yeah you, you you only need a certain amount of follicles to mature so if that wasn't happening for me I couldn't see how it was ever going to happen for that process Do you know what I mean um I had the three vials so did that um exhaust two of them no because I didn't even get to that point oh you didn't get to that point okay, you know I mean? okay. Yeah, yeah 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 so thank god yeah i still had my my three vials intact okay um yeah 
but I, I didn't even get to that point where I had the insemination done because yeah okay we couldn't risk it you know um so did you know that you were going down the same route as the first time before they even gave you the phone call if you felt so swollen yeah yeah I kind of and each um each scan uh, you can kind of tell by how they look and um that like the nurses are amazing they really are they're you know they're so good they're so friendly they they just know their stuff so well um and they're they're great for putting you at ease and just being honest too you know so what you want you don't want somebody pussyfooting around and kind of you leave thinking one thing and then you get this massive disappointment either um so you do you kind of know um um yeah so I kind of knew yeah I could feel it you just know um but it was it was still really disappointing and then to trying to get the next appointment and you know I had to kind of go away for a few days and think what am I going to do because you're paying for it each time as well so it's expensive no um I only brought like the I had a certain amount of savings that I brought home from America and I you know I wanted I used that for each IUI but you know every test you know it, it all adds up especially with the the donor sperm being so dear um so so after the disappointment of um the second the second round the overstimulated yeah. how what did you decide to do then so it was interesting actually so there was one evening I, I love walking down um dolly mount down at the wooden bridge so I'd gone for a walk with my friend this evening and I was kind of like obviously telling her what was going on she, I, she's a very close friend so I would confide in her an awful lot you know Danielle um and just chatting about it and saying you know Jesus two disappointments like do I keep doing this or do I you know what's the next step the next step really should would be IVF like because if if the IUIs are just going to continue in the same fashion you know am I not better off to 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 go the whole hog and 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 just go straight to IVF and I was like Jesus like how am I gonna afford this you know um I brought back enough to cover a certain amount but obviously the the, the more you're in it the more it, it's gonna cost um I was like maybe I'll have to borrow it or you know just see what I can do like I was like I just I really don't know how I'm gonna afford IVF which like it's the guts of let's face it 10 10 grand more actually um yeah so <laughs> the next day after that walk the next day the very next day I was in the office and I got a call from my local credit union and I've never won anything in my entire life right never I like win two euro on a scratch card that's about it phone from the phone call from the credit union to let me know that I had won the card draw I'd won the car draw. I'm like, 
yeah right <laughs> maybe emotional oh my yeah. god that's like, crazy who, who like who are you stop winding me up like there's somebody that you're joking like I I fully didn't believe her I did, like I just thought this is a crank call and everyone in the office is like looking at me as I'm going nuts <laughs> kind of going what are you serious I've won the car draw um and she was like yeah no you have you have um, you know, because I pay into the car draw, like I completely forgot that I pay into the car draw every month or whatever. Um, and like that, I never win anything. So to really need this money and then to win this money, it's just like mind blown. It was crazy. Um, so I still really didn't believe it. I didn't even tell my family that that night when I came home. Um, and then the next day a letter came to the house to my parents and did my brother come in from work thought he saw his name on it opened it saw the letter saying you've won the car draw thought it was for him was jumping up and down around the kitchen all delighted with life so excited and uh obviously then he read it properly and saw it was my name <laughs> <laughs> so he was so disappointed and then they were all waiting for me to pop in after work. So when I did, they were all kind of looking at me going, hey, you got, you got a letter there. I was like, oh, yeah, did that? That actually came, did it? It's actually true. Really? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Wonderful. The universe works in very funny ways. Yeah, it really does. And obviously I could have taken the car or the cash and I was like, oh, I'll take the cash. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I went down to the credit union to claim it. Um, got my photograph taken with the thing and all yes darling <laughs> um and yeah so it's it's just crazy like I was t- talking to the girl then you know at the window and I know her kind of from the area you know like it's um I just kind of know her from growing up and I was telling her what I was, what my plans were for the money and stuff. And she was getting all emotional and I was getting emotional. And she was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. <laughs> what are the chances like of, you know, winning, getting a windfall like that when you really yeah. need it. So to me, that was just confirmation of everything that I had been believing in up to this point that it was going to happen. Going to happen, yeah. God, I've got goosebumps. <laughs> it, it, it still gives me goosebumps. I'm like I'm sweating just talking about it, you know. Um, yeah, it was just it was the most bizarre thing. Um, but it was just yeah, confirmation again that you know the faith that I had in my journey in in you know bringing this baby into my life that I really really wanted was going to happen. So I'm getting emotional now. <laughs> um, yeah so I think then yeah sorry I just need a minute (laughs) yeah god take your time I just can't believe that I know yeah so I suppose then the the decision was made for me that I could go ahead and and have the IVF you know um um and I like I'm, I'm so grateful I really am so grateful that I was very lucky you know very um, and I forever will be. I really will. Um, on this Thanksgiving day, I'm very grateful for it. Um, but yeah, so decision made, and I started down the IVF journey. Um, 
And when I say it ramps up a gear, it ramps up a hundred gears with the medication. Um, my God, the side effects. Like, I think I had only started taking the the new medication for the IVF um, protocol and I ended up in A&E with heart palpitations. It was really bad, yeah. Um, they, they they said it was stress and anxiety, but and maybe it was, but I, I, I just think that level of medication, like for the IUI, say for gonalef, I was on 75 IUs of that. And then when you um, start your IVF cycle, it ramped up to 375 IU. So it's just, yeah, the medication, my body just went haywire, absolute haywire. Um, you know, night sweats, just nausea, lots of different things. Yeah, you're just, you're all over the place. And you're trying to live a normal life and work and do everything at the same time. Um, but I was so excited, so excited. I couldn't wait for every scan date, you know. And um, I went in, everything was looking great, you know. Um, I was terrified of overstimulating again. But for IVF, that's not an issue. They want you to have lots of follicles lots of eggs um so my body overstimulation is kind of like the way to go <laughs> um so every scan looked great they were really positive um and I went in for egg collection I got to that point and that was the best day of my life apart from the day Jack was born like I can't even explain just how excited I was. I woke up that morning buzzing, absolutely buzzing. I was like, "This, I'm actually, because I, I think it was because I'd gotten that little bit further and the RUI, I was like, okay, it's actually, this is happening. Like, woohoo, you know? Um, <laughs> and it, it's gas because it's the most invasive part of the whole IVF journey is egg collection because, you know, they knock it out. Um, and they have to, you know, stick needles into you to, to retrieve your eggs. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a serious business, you know? Um, but yeah, it was, it was such a good day. Like, do you ever just feel like there's a day where you're just walking on air and there's like just this big bubble around you, just bubble of protection. And you're just like, oh, I just radiated you know? and other people I'm sure felt it as they were around you yeah yeah it was just amazing absolutely amazing and actually mom came with me that day oh brilliant I couldn't drive myself home <laughs> um, it's nice to share that feeling so, with her as well though yeah I think it was nice um she uh it was her first time in the clinic um and she was like really excited too she like the place is immaculate she couldn't believe it it was really really nice and everything was really calm and the nurses were faffing over her because she'd forgotten to have breakfast and they were like oh you know she's going to be gone down for about two hours and mom was like oh Jesus and <laughs> um, so they like got her a cup of tea and biscuits and stuff like that so she was well taken care of <laughs> um but yeah so it was yeah she came down with me and I got 
you know changed and ready and stuff and then they brought me down and the nurse that brought me down was gas as well it's just it was just one of those days where everything was just brilliant you know um and they were putting the needle into me to to put me out and they were listening to rap music in there and I'm like this is mad like <laughs> you know um and then it was just like five four and I was gone and then I woke up two hours later out on the on the bed so yeah um incredible feeling really incredible um took a few hours for the the thing to wear off um and you, you do you can be sore for a few days so they give you like an antibiotic and stuff just in case of any um infection that kind of thing but um so then the next day I got up and went to the hill of Tara because I was just like on cloud gazillion do you know what I mean and I was like I have to ground myself this is mental <laughs> um yeah so I was kind of like just really drawn out to the hill of Tara I love it out there anyway it's beautiful um and yeah I just needed to be in nature just to you know just to get lost in my thoughts and all this wonderful stuff that was happening and just to feel grounded and breathe and yeah so I was on the hill got a phone call from um the embryologist from the clinic say that they've got well I, I knew I'd got 19 eggs and 10 had fertilized with the donor sperm so yeah wow. amazing numbers I was thrilled I was like this is mental you know um it was just again another amazing feeling and so they would be brought to day five so um when they're brought to day five it just means they're called a blastocyst at that stage and there was no guarantees that they would even all 10 of them would would last to that day you know that kind of way um so but the ones that do it just means when they're implanted then into your uterus they've a stronger chance they've a better chance of survival when i had i'd had a blood test um because obviously once you have your egg collection then you need to kind of prepare yourself for um, the implantation of the fertilized um eggs the embryos um, but I had had a blood test and it showed that my progesterone was a bit high at that time. So they couldn't do a fresh transfer at day five. So under normal circumstances, if my levels were fine, I would have went back into the clinic after day five and had my embryos implanted. But because my levels were high, we couldn't do that. So I had to opt for a frozen um frozen embryo transfer an FET so that means the whatever however many eggs lasted up to day five they would be frozen and then whenever my body was ready again we could um schedule the transfer um so five days later they had called me to say that of the 10 fertilized eggs eight had um, lasted to day five so even at that that's an amazing number you know so thrilled to bits and they were really happy with the quality of them I don't know what that means but like yeah the quality of of the embryos was great um 
so yeah um when let me think when the first call I'd had on the hill at Tara when they told me how many eggs I had they they did say that I'd have to wait till January to do the frozen embryo transfer and I was like oh, my heart just sank it was like <clears throat> it was crap I really because I, I just wanted to keep the momentum and didn't want to wait till after Christmas um I just wanted to keep going you know I hadn't stopped from September and I just had to keep going I didn't you know it was really disappointing the thoughts of having to wait till January but I accepted it and told the family and all I was like okay you know I've gotten this far but this is what happened so we have to wait till January and that was due to the progesterone yeah yeah okay um so but then on day five when the the embryologist rang me again to say that eight had survived out of the ten she then said oh we can schedule you for your frozen embryo transfer on December 8th and I was like wait what that's not what I was told I, I told I was told I'd have to wait till January and she was like oh well we have this slot and Dr Kennedy he's happy for you to go ahead on December 8th and I was like brace yourself oh my god <laughs> amazing so I, again I was kind of getting what I wanted like it was just like all these chips she just keep falling into place for me it's it's just incredible um so yeah I was like okay let's do this and I emailed Dr Kennedy and got the ball rolling so yeah um there's a certain amount of medication that you have to take in the lead up to your frozen embryo transfer so I started that like I think five days beforehand or four or something like that and yeah went in for my transfer on the 8th of December I had two embryos put in um one went in easy enough and the other one was a sticky little bugger <laughs> um so it didn't go in on the first time so they had to kind of go in the second time and, and pop it in um yeah so obviously one survived um so then after that then after December 8 I had the the whole nervousness of the two-week wait which yeah it's a crazy the two-week wait um I, I you kind of go into a bubble I was in like self-protection mode I was like you know no heavy lifting or like just really minding myself um and did I people ask me did I feel pregnant I don't know I don't I honestly don't know um I know I just kind of went into protection mode mind myself um mm. obviously I hoped and believed that it would be positive I really did um but yeah how was I to know I didn't feel pregnant so next week you will hear the episode where I chat to Lorraine all about her pregnancy and the birth of her son Jack. So it's available from the 21st of December on all of the podcast platforms. I hope you enjoyed listening to Lorraine's story so far. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 
even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 